0: The Orange is the New Black Season 3 finale is over, and we are just getting started. Actually, that is a big fat lie. We have been going strong for a very, very long time here at Post Show Recaps, recapping the entire season of Orange is the New Black. My name is Jessica Lease, and with me, as always, is a person who would never let me smoke crack thinking it was meth, Miss Taylor Cotter.
1: Sounds kind of fun, the way she described it. But, uh, yes, we have managed to stretch this out as long as possible. Uh, We are, like, uh, tasty. We went back into the real world and, no, we we didn't like it, so we're back podcasting. Uh, We are here to do a final episode recap and talk a little bit about what we think of this season as a whole.
0: Yep, we're going to take a deep dive into the Freedom Lake where there are definitely no eels.
1: Nope, but plenty of sea turtles.
0: Yeah, clearly. <laughs> Who knew? Anybody wants to start up a nice game of turtle fetch?
1: Yeah, that that was <laughs> that was weird, but uh yeah, uh tons to talk about here. This was essentially uh like, if they were six seasons in a movieing, Orange is the New Black, like, this could have been a movie. I think this episode was, uh, well over 90 minutes long. Um, and, uh, that might have been an exaggeration, but it was definitely close to an hour and a half. It felt like a lot. <laughs> they tied, they more or less tied up a lot of loose ends. I don't know. I, I have, I have stuff to say. Um, but, <laughs> ugh. All right, over- yeah, it was
0: like they just kind of went down the checklist. They're like, "Okay, who do we need to go to in this final episode?"
1: Yeah, it, and it's like, did they just have footage lying around that they were like sticking in places and stuff that they may have forgotten to put in? I don't really know. I feel like this was, ugh, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to be overly negative about this. I really don't, but I feel unsatisfied.
0: Yeah, it was a little bit, I don't know, I would say overall, some of the endings seemed a little bit too neat, and Mm -hmm. of course, the very last scene, a little bit upsetting, but I was just so charmed and delighted by the inmate beach party, maybe that makes me forgive a lot more sins.
1: It was cute, and I know a lot of people really liked it, and it was very sweet, and there were elements of it that I liked it just seemed so it was so bizarre and I don't know if it was just such a long segment where I felt like, uh, all right, I will have to, I don't know how to attack this episode cause so much happened, <laughs> but it was a very sweet and nice segment after two, I think really devastating things happened on the show. And, uh, it was. There were parts of it that I liked. Uh, particularly, I liked the Suzanne parts, and I liked the I liked Soso and Pussay, and honestly, all the individual character moments I did like. But uh, as a segment, I I just don't know if I could get behind it as you know a conclusion to this very uh, tension filled season.
0: No, it wasn't a satisfying conclusion. In that. I think it just felt like this moment out of time. It's like, we're going to suspend absolutely everything that's going on here and we're just going to go to the beach for a while. And in that respect, I think it wasn't a very good capper on the season, but just taking it for what it is and kind of having this moment to just kind of decompress with everybody, especially after all of the really terrible harrowing things that we've seen this season. I thought in that regard, it worked very well.
1: Yeah, you're right. And like the whole season can't be gritty, uh, you know, violence and that kind of stuff. And it, it was yeah, this def- is not Oz. Right. <laughs> uh, it's, it was sweet. I'm not, uh, like, I really don't want to come across as the fact that, like, I didn't like it. I just didn't. I I don't know. I don't know. I think there's more interesting things that happened in this episode. And I, I think it's, uh, I don't know how I feel, Jess. I just don't.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> this show has jerked us around a lot this season. Yeah. Um, well, let's, let's talk about what you felt was missing. Because it seems like... You you seem a little more unsatisfied than I am, and I'm curious to find out what exactly what would have made it better for you.
1: So I, I, I I'm of two minds about this. I feel like there were big storylines that were not concluded, and there were a lot of small storylines that were, like, neatly wrapped up. And that's totally valid storytelling, especially in a, se- a series that they already know they're coming back for another season. And I forget where I read this. I want to say it was on Vulture and or A.V. Club. And I felt like this was incredibly true, is that a lot of shows, especially shows like this show will probably go on for six seasons. You know, it's a solid Mm -hmm. drama show. We are probably halfway through the series run of this show. And in, in a lot of these series, sometimes you have a bad season, like sometimes, and like, I know you watch a lot more dramatic television than I do, but you know, sometimes you're a year, uh, you know, you're a couple years in and they have to find new ways to tell a story. And, uh, uh, I felt that happening, and it's just a bummer to see it happen on this show because it's like, okay, well, now I have to wait an entire year to see some of this stuff pay off. So I think the number one thing I thought that they dragged in front of us the entire season and then paid off 0% was um, Alex being uh, targeted by Kubra. And uh, I've gone on record that Alex Piper, not my favorite not the most interesting. It's like they took the most interesting part of this whole thing and dangled it in front of us, and then we saw no conclusion.
0: Yeah, well, we did see, and one of the things that I thought was really beneficial for me was taking, you know, taking some time and rewatching some of the episodes before we came back into the finale because I was able to verify that in Alex's flashback. When she's in the club, like, partying and totally ignoring the new drug mule, mm-hmm. Toothpick Guy is there. He's with her in the club.
1: That makes sense. I like, I didn't go back and watch, but I was like, okay, this has to be one of the guys we've seen before. Did he have a toothpick in the club?
0: He, I can't remember if he had a toothpick yeah. or not in the club, but when I went back and watched him, like, oh, okay. They were really trying to make us notice this, but it was a little bit too subtle. Like, I wouldn't have known... Like, until the camera like zoomed in on him in this really meaningful way. I'm like, oh, I think we're supposed to know who that guy is. Mm-hmm. And the first time I didn't quite catch it. But when you binge it, I think this is one of those times when binge watching lends itself really, really well to what's going on. Because when you binge watch it, it's very clear. That's the guy. And, you know, Alex's number may or may not be up. Like, she got kind of a Stanis Baratheon death here in that we never actually saw the hammer come down. We don't know what's going on here.
1: Right. And I guess, all right, so I'm trying to wrap my head around how I felt about this uh, episode as the finale. And I think how I'm feeling is that scene and then the scene where the D, uh, the DEA comes to uh, get Cesar. To me, though, and, like, other people may feel differently, to me, those were the two most powerful scenes in this episode, scenes that, like, were kind of, uh, you know, a little bit of hubris, a little bit of, you know, kind of things naturally finding this very dramatic ending. And those were two. And, you know, everyone has the characters on the show that they like and that they're excited about and the storylines that they're like, and they're excited about. Those were the two that I was the most excited about. And I thought had the most exciting conclusions in this episode and they were like maybe a combined three or four minute screen time total and I think that's why I'm a little bummed out is that uh as and uh, without undermining some of the other great storylines and we'll talk about them all uh I, I guess to me I wish I had gotten that excitement in more of them
0: yeah it's true like when I was thinking about this episode before I went back to rewatch it and take some serious notes, I was thinking about those two scenes in particular and thinking about how powerful they were and how much of the, like when I'm thinking about what happened in the episode, how those things are two really big things. And you're right. They took up almost no time out of this entire episode. And that is kind of shocking to realize.
1: Right. And I guess that's why I thought this scene in the lake was like very <laughs> nice, but I'm sitting there like on the edge of my seat. Being like, oh my god, what just happened on this show? Like, what just happened to Daya's baby that we've spent three years building up to? And, uh, Alex and Cooper are like, to a, you know, a less emotional extent, but still a very long term, very intense storyline that they glossed over. And now I'm spending like t- literally 12 minutes like watching the women play in the lake. And it, not to undermine that that is a nice and sweet scene, but the whole time I'm thinking, like, cut back! <laughs> like, is Alex dead or alive? And so I don't think I enjoyed it as much as I could have, uh, when my mind was still on those other two scenes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I guess I can, I can understand that. It was a little bit of a cheat that we get this kind of, Get this kind of cliffhanger in both scenarios, although I would argue it's pretty clear what's going to happen to die's baby now. Yes,
1: yes, fair enough.
0: Like I don't think I don't think we're going to go back there in the next season. I don't think that we really get to know what's you know whatever becomes of that baby. Just that it probably would have been better off with porn stash's mother, exactly. as depressing as that is.
1: Yeah, in like yeah, in a like horrible. Uh, like Oedipus kind of way, you know, like that was the, you like, you knew the ending at the beginning and uh, it's uh, I I still like as uh, harrowing and horrible as that was, it was a thrill to watch that pay off.
0: Yeah. And I, I mean, you, you kind of saw it coming a mile off.
1: Very much so. Uh, Yeah. And so the Alex thing, like, sure. Put a cliffhanger in. I, I mean, I think whether Alex dies or lives is a more exciting cl- cliffhanger than, like, the fact that they're doubling the prison population or... Oh, for yeah. real? Yeah. But, uh yeah, it's like, uh, after all the HR drama, it's like the final scene of the whole season is, like... it, it is. It's it, I guess I'm not going to complain about it. it. Like, it is, like, the personal impact of the HR drama, and we're like, oh, shit, like, what's... Like, you know, that they actually are really gonna fuck up this person so badly and you know, they planted a million seeds of this throughout the episode, which I saw, you know, much more clearly on rewatch that uh where it's like, oh, they sent us twice as much slop as we normally get and that kind of thing. Um <laughs> but Yeah, we're
0: getting new beds. New, oh boy. Yeah,
1: we're getting new beds. Oh no, you're just getting X ex- more beds. Um so the, yeah, they did plant all those seeds and uh, seeing that come in, it's like okay. Well, uh, all that administrative work that Caputo had been doing all year is uh, culminating in twice as many women being there. Which, like, there's there's already so many women on this show. <laughs> I think that that was a it, like an interesting way to end it.
0: Yeah, are they trying to say that they don't have enough going on with the characters we already have, that they're just going to double them next season? Because this is starting to feel a little too many cooks.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yes. If that's what's happening, and it must be, like... Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to draw, I'll draw up a nice chart uh, for everyone next summer of who's who and what's, like, I can barely keep track now. And I I freely admit that's my own ignorance, but uh, I, I will definitely need to take better notes next time. O- the yeah. only way they'll be able to get me in on this is if all of those people is already an actor I know from somewhere else, and then I can refer to them by that name.
0: Well, you know, the show's budget has expanded in accordance with the prison's budget. So maybe that's possible. Like, that's Maybe true. we're just going to get every every working actress in Hollywood is going to show up for this thing next season.
1: I wouldn't be surprised. Um, who is the actress that plays Judy King?
0: I have seen her before, but she, I do not. Um,
1: she is famous. Let me look. Judy King. Oh, I.N.T. O-I-T-N-B. I will
0: let you do that.
1: I'll do it very quickly. Uh, boom, boom, boom.
0: I can entertain while you're looking this up. I'll just like sing the Too Many Cooks song or something. let do it.
1: I'm so close.
0: I'm just going to edit this out. So <laughs> it doesn't even matter. <laughs> Takes a lot to make a stew. Pinch of salt and a laughter too.
1: Blair Brown She's from Fringe. And the affair, and some other shows. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um,
0: okay. okay. That name is familiar.
1: Okay. Yes. So uh, Judy King's played by Blair Cullen, right. who is so
0: a hardworking actor, according to her IMDb page.
1: Yes. So she's been in stuff, and if they can get a million character actors that I've seen on other shows to be the which they've done a great job of so far, uh, I'll I'll be okay with doubling the prison population.
0: Uh, boy, she's in a lot of bad '80s things that I vaguely remember from my childhood. Um, she was she played Jackie Kennedy in the Martin Sheen Kennedy mir- miniseries. Oh wow! Um, she was the titular character of the Days and Nights of Molly Dodd, which I remember being on. I don't remember anything about it.
1: All right, I get it. She's not famous. <laughs> but <laughs> but she's she's famous. one of
0: those. She's very much what they would call a "Hey, it's that guy" actor.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: So. I guess we're gonna get a lot of those. I would guess next season we're going to get many, many hates hey, that guys. I did think it was it was kind of a cheat to get um, all season long. We're like, oh, is Judy King coming? Oh, Judy King did some bad stuff. Are we gonna see her to prison? No, we're not gonna see her to prison. Oh, you know, fake out. We are gonna see her.
1: I felt like there was a lot of that stuff. Like uh, the the Lolly thing seemed to just be a way to edge. Uh, that actress onto the show, um, uh, uh, like, there was new stuff coming, like, I don't, I don't know, do you want to go through the episode blow by blow, or do you just want to jump around? Well, let's, let's jump from, let's
0: jump from cluster to, cluster to cluster here.
1: All right, so this cluster is, I think they invented a lot of new things in this final episode. Um, one, this Judy King thing, you know, it's like they tied it up. And then they brought it back. And uh, another thing, I and tell me if I totally miss this, uh, Flocka's mom being sick.
0: I guess that was just thrown in there. I guess because we've met Flocka's mom, Flocka needed a good reason to be hired back onto the Patty Cartel, and that's how they decided to do it.
1: Right. So we have an entire but- episode devoted to Flocka for seemingly no reason. And, or, like, you know, no more reason than any other side character. And uh she's this huge plot point, like, seven episodes down the line, and they kind of invent something new seven episodes down the line. I'm like, how easy would it have been to slip that into the original Flaka episode? So I don't understand why that was suddenly out of nowhere.
0: Yeah, that was a little bit... It, and it seemed a little bit too neat, again. Like, Flaka was kicked out of the panty cartel already and you know she was an instigator she was trying to unionize and now we're bringing her back for pretty much no reason whatsoever yeah there wasn't a lot of resolution on that either
1: yeah it was just a whole cycle um another cycle i guess uh is or i or an unresolved thing was uh sophia being in the shoe it's like yeah
0: we we used Sophia as a catalyst for another character, and used her as the reason to get Berbiggs off the show.
1: With no resolution to her, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, no resolution for her. It was it was another case of like, we're taking this female character and we're going to use her to further something that happens to a male, and have like the thing that happens to her be a catalyst for his reactions. That's very Game of Thronesy. y Yeah, Orange and the it, New Black. I thought you were better than that. It's
1: super messed up. Like, to me, that's very transparent. Especially, like, you're going to take the one transgender character on this show, and you're going to uh just use her to, like, push forward, like, uh, both Caputo and Burbiggs. Like, the, her, her only role in these last two episodes or whatever, or I guess last final episode, was to further their careers like i it seems so transparently bad in the story that in the show that's supposed to like be very good at telling these marginalized women's stories i feel like that was a misstep at best
0: it was it and you know she was off camera the entire time like they just talked about her
1: brendan brought this up when he was on the show he was like there's no way that uh laverne cox if Laverne Cox wanted to be on this show, they she would be in every episode. So I don't think they're sidelining Laverne Cox. I would be very surprised if that's the case. But I think they could have figured out a way to give her more of a presence without, you know, just talking about her uh, and making her the victim of a hate crime or whatever.
0: Yeah, it was. It was starting to get like I feel like the plots on this show it just kind of got flimsier and flimsier as the season went on. And I kind of didn't feel invested enough in Berbigs to really be behind him when he walks out.
1: Oh, no, absolutely not. And he didn't come across as a sympathetic character at any point, and especially not in that last scene. And I think...
0: You're like, really? This is the hill you're going
1: to die on? Yeah, I just don't understand how we were supposed to feel about him. And I know that's part of this show, but I like that when it's part of this show, when someone is, like, you know, a conflicted criminal with a heart of gold. Like, how are you supposed to feel about this person? When it's someone as two-dimensional, as Berbiglia's character, and who's only been presented to us as, like, a a foil-slash-sidekick for Caputo, when he has this big breakdown, I'm like ooh, I I don't, I'm sorry, I don't care. (laughs) You just seem very whiny.
0: Yeah, well, it could be a deliberate choice on the part of the show, too. It's like, maybe, you know, he thinks he's being this big hero, and we're all like, yeah, whatever, Berbiglia. we don't care. You're still, you know, you're still kind of a jerk. Maybe that's deliberate. Like, maybe that's how we're supposed to feel, and we're supposed to feel like he thinks he did this amazing, great thing, and we know that it's really the bare minimum.
1: Right. And I, yeah, and I do believe that everything that happens on this show is intentional. And even if it's not intentional as storytelling, like, it's intentional as production. And, um, obviously, I think we all kind of knew, like, Berbiglio was here for one season. He was the, he was kind of the V, which was weird, of this season. Um, But he was here to come on and further along the plot and not necessarily make any huge impact. Um, And he did that. And I think, yeah, I guess you're right that like, I I probably interpreted it exactly how they expected us to, which is like, here is someone who, like, this is what happens when a corporation takes over a prison or, you know, any kind of white collar uh like a a white collar tribe comes into a blue collar tribe <laughs> um, <laughs> like that you know some of these white collar like people are not prepared for the real world
0: very true yeah. um i would I would go so far um the vulture recap of this episode made the very good point that. As a villain, Berbiglia wasn't the big bad that V was, and the show kind of suffered as a result because they didn't have that kind of dark presence to, you know, to contrast against. And it was more like the villain this season was the man, and the man is already a villain on the show, so it didn't add anything new, really. It just kind of political posturing a little bit more.
1: I agree. It's like how can I hate someone that I'm so indifferent toward? <laughs> that, yeah, and that's how I felt about Danny Pearson, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, and I think that's also down to Berbiglia's casting because, you know, he's such a you know he's so milk toasty. Yeah, and he's Berbiglia, and I like Berbiglia. I he wasn't a very good villain because he was such a you know such a hipster nerd. And I, as a result, I had a hard time really, really hating him the way that I should hate the villain. Who would you recast? I want someone a little slicker. I want someone, like, maybe someone who's still a little hipstery and still kind of, like, you know, we want to play up the nepotism angle, but we want someone who's, like, better looking, who, like. But not someone you'd bang like someone who'd hit on you in a bar and you'd consider it for a hot second, and then you'd reject them and hmm. I don't know exactly who the perfect actor is for that, but I have this kind of idea in my head that he's this sort of spoiled trust fund hipster brat would it be Ben Stiller, yeah, maybe like younger Ben Stiller, like yeah. Ben Stiller, maybe kind of Ben Stiller's character. In Happy Gilmore, but a little bit less overtly evil.
1: Okay. That's good. What about
0: Jason Biggs? <laughs> <laughs> Jason Biggs has the entitlement angle down. <laughs> what if they just recast? <laughs> what if it was just like Larry? What if they just like, Larry's got a new job now. He's working for the prison. And boy, won't this be awkward for Piper. <laughs> womp womp. I
1: think I would have liked that a lot. I know I would
0: have. Oh, I wish we should be writing some fan fiction. Here. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, all
1: right, do you want to you want to knock out some of these uh storylines that they wrapped up? I, like uh Poussey.
0: Yeah, Pusey um I feel like Pusey's been criminally underused all season. Mm-hmm. But I liked the way that she kind of realized that there was somebody here that needed her. And that she could reach out to and she could make a case to kind of bring Soso into the fold and give her a place where she belongs. And this kind of, I think being needed is good for Poussey because she's been really lost all season. And having someone like that in her life kind of gives her a little direction.
1: Yeah, I'm, I like how, what they did here and I'm excited to see where it goes. Uh, we talked about before how Poussey, there were a lot of options for Pot and kind of pulling her into a depression was not the most uh not the most fun to watch uh and that's fine um and I think it's a little convenient that's like, oh let's bring together Pot and Soso, the two depressed characters, and that's kind of <laughs> sad, but if that you know to say like okay, here are two people that really need a friend, really need someone and I uh, they're two of my favorite characters on the show. Probably two very similar characters. Um, if you wanted to bucket them like that, same age, you know, they're both mm-hmm. came from like fairly well off families. It seems like they're both in prison for fairly innocuous reasons. Uh, they do seem like a natural friendship, and I am. If this is something that they're going to pursue in season four and make this interesting to watch, then I am all in on this relationship in season four.
0: Okay, so here's the bigger question. Yes. Soso and Puse, are we shipping it? I'm shipping it. Okay.
1: Are you shipping it?
0: I, I think I'm platonically shipping it. I don't know if I buy them as a couple, but I am glad to see Soso find some people that will include her. I like the joke about, about Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And I think...
1: Her heart is black. I think she
0: Yes, her heart is black.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I think I think she and Pousset are a natural fit for one another and it's good to see them finding some common ground and I'm very glad that Soso didn't die.
1: Me too. Oh, that was another thing that I thought they really built up that Soso was gonna die, and then she didn't die. <laughs> and I am I like so-so, but I like a paid-off storyline more, (laughs) and I... You know, uh,
0: nobody died in this episode. I know, uh, maybe Alex, but no one else. Yeah, well, we didn't see Alex die, so I'm not counting it as dying. Yeah, it's not Schrodinger's Alex. Uh, Yeah.
1: But, uh, yeah, no one died, and that, uh, I... I don't want to say I wish someone died. I think I was just just expecting someone to die and then no one died. Which is fine. I'm
0: not going to complain about that. Okay, no deaths. We're okay with that.
1: Yep. I mean, there'll probably be twice as many deaths next season with all these new characters.
0: Yeah. The one thing I thought... The one thing I really enjoyed about the so-so joining the black girls and finding her people kind of thing... I really liked Suzanne having this sort of stand by me moment in the beginning where she was really excited to see a dead body.
1: I know she was so funny.
0: She was like almost delighted. She's like, Oh, I want to go see. And yeah, Suzanne, someone died here.
1: (laughs) Suzanne had a great episode. Uh, she was great in the lake. Um, I'm glad she got that. Turtle fetch. When, Oh, I thought we thought Suzanne died (laughs) or I did in the lake. Oh Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, that, yeah, so many fake-outs, so many fake-outs. Um, thought Suzanne that she finally gets to hang out with uh, the woman who we assume is named Maureen. And, yep. uh, yeah, just, like, a a real nice season wrap on Suzanne, I thought.
0: Yeah, I'm glad that Suzanne has kind of found her place. Because the first, you know, the first couple of seasons, like, first season and a half, really, was really tough for Suzanne. Right. And she's sort of calmed down. She's developed some empathy. She's not peeing on people's floors. And she's finding acceptance.
1: Yeah, I think uh, season four is got to be her season, right? Like, we have to, uh, like, dig into this. I feel like she's gotten, she's fan favorite, great storyline, one of the best actresses on the show. Like, I want more. And we've been saying that for a long time.
0: Well, where can we take her now, though? because she's reached this really happy place.
1: Right. I uh, Yeah, I'm not sure. I just, uh, I, I think we definitely need more of her backstory. We want more of how she ended up there, that kind of thing. So if they want to do a deeper dive into where she used to be, um, I would be interested in that. And I don't know, maybe that will inform some of her future.
0: Yeah. Well, we can only hope. Yeah. Um, Where do we need to go next? Uh,
1: how about Black Cindy?
0: Oh, this was, you know, if you told me at this time last season that Black Cindy would have one of my favorite story arcs of the entire season, mm-hmm. I would not believe you because I think we kind of wrote Black Cindy off last season. Yep. We got her flashback episode. We're like, oh, I guess her purpose on this show is to show you that people in prison are sometimes bad people. Right. And this was great. This was so touching. This was so genuine. I agree. And I was, like, blinking back tears when she finally gets her mikvah.
1: Yeah. I I totally agree. And I think that, like, this is, I was hesitant at the beginning of the podcast when I was uh, kind of saying that I was only liking the dramatic, violent parts of the episode because I loved this. And it wasn't a storyline that I cared for either way for most of the season. I thought it was funny and cute and, uh, but not, you know character building or interesting and I thought that she was great and this actress who is a adrian seymour uh like was amazing and I thought in that moment like was so transformative and uh just uh you know emotional and real and took what was her story like her side joke story kind of and made it like one of the most compelling parts of the whole season. And I and I almost think that actresses like this is why the show has a problem that they are too good and they they are they take what they're given and do it too well and in too compelling of a way that we have an abundance of these stories. So something that could have easily been forgotten about. You know, if they had never mentioned this after episode 10, I probably wouldn't have even thought twice about it. But I thought she absolutely killed it, and I was very, very impressed uh, with how how this went. The one thing I will say, I don't think the fl- her flashbacks were totally necessary. I don't know if they gave us any additional insight beyond what I thought the emotional gravity was there without the flashbacks.
0: Yeah, I thought the flashbacks. I didn't need any flashbacks this episode for being totally honest. Like yeah. I don't think I don't think any of the flashbacks we saw really gave us any new insight about anybody.
1: Yeah, agreed. That's why I almost think they were cutting room floor. Like I think they had these for other episodes or they had these um to put in, you know, as needed and they wanted to use them because there was no flashback narrative in this episode, but you're right that, like, if we might hit... There was a so one. There was a Healy one. Gloria. Uh, Watson. Watson. Yeah, Black Cindy. um,
0: And you know, uh, Lorna. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Morello. Uh, I liked hers, but it definitely wasn't necessary. Um, I think that might be it. Yeah, all of those were... Did not give you any new insight or advance any storyline at all.
0: Yeah, and it was just... I think in a couple of cases it just felt like they had three of these and they needed they had two of them they needed to make, like, a New York Times trend piece, so they had to think of more. Yeah. Like, I would buy that they probably had the Black Cindy piece and they might have had the Morello piece. And then they were like, well, these both kind of have to do with God. Let's make somebody a Muslim and let's, you know... Let's have Healy get vomited on by a homeless guy that looks like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And let's give so-so atheist parents so we can have a diverse you know, community right. of faith backgrounds. I, it didn't work for me. I was not... like Every time there's a flashback, I found myself skipping it.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. And I think and we've talked a lot through this season, and everyone has, that you know, the two themes they hit on real hard were motherhood and faith. And that first episode was the same kind of montage episode, that there was no one storyline in particular, and we got a lot of flashbacks. And they explained why people had, you know, their relationships with their mothers or as mothers, and that gave insight. This, like, as much as, uh, uh, you know, each of these had some sort of tangential relationship to Faith, like, they didn't explain anything about the character. Like, I think it was, it's a very weird narrative choice, I think, to make so much of the season about, like, true personal spirituality and belief and, you know, how these women, you know, uh, use religion and faith to get through their time in prison. And then the flashbacks are the most surface look at religion, I think, pretty much overall, uh, without really explaining, you know, if maybe black Cindy is in like the exception. You know, you could really tell that like fear was part of her religious upbringing, but like so, so. And he really, and especially Lorna, it's like, that was just a scene that happened to take place in a church. Like it had nothing to do with her belief system.
0: Yeah, it it's, it's true. And I, you know, I could have done without it or, you know, give some different characters, some flashbacks along these lines like it seems like a natural fit if we're going to show everybody's faith why aren't we getting a little Sister Ingalls taste yeah <laughs> like why aren't we getting a little bit more Norma right <laughs> why aren't we getting a little bit more Leanne for that matter
1: yeah this this was unnecessary and I think it was yeah it was very much a It yeah it felt a little color by numbers and not necessarily story advancing but I, I get why they need to do it they you know become it's become expected uh but yeah long story short uh black cindy is awesome i would be surprised if they give her as big of a storyline next season because i felt like this was kind of her moment but uh i'll watch this actress and whatever she does i i am a total convert and a fan and i hope she does more i thought this was one of the most powerful scenes of the entire season
0: I I loved it too, and I I would be happy to have her kind of step back into the background for a while now. Um, she's gonna she's gonna be busy exploring her faith. I like that she's made some friends in her faith community now. Like we, I would be happy to see more from Ginsburg. Yeah, Ginsburg was hilarious. Right,
1: I thought that was another invented thing that Ginsburg's relationship with the rabbi's cousin.
0: Oh, okay. but that's, so, that's such a thing that happens, though.
1: Yep, yep, that was real.
0: That was very real. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be... I, I've enjoyed this arc a lot more than I thought I was going to.
1: Me too.
0: So, hooray for Black Cindy. I'm very happy for her. Um, another story arc that I was very, very surprised to find myself really happy about... And your mileage is may and probably is going to vary on this, Taylor. But I almost felt like Piper's final scene made everything else worthwhile.
1: 100%. Oh, I loved it.
0: That, you know, I felt like we were treading so much water. The panty business was entertaining, at least. It was a little absurd, but it gave her something to do. The Piper and Alex drama, I could have done without Ruby Rose, I have gone on record as not enjoying the character. She seems so Mary sue And to have this all pay off in such a beautiful yep. and tie a, such a neat rainbow shiv-shaped bow on mm-hmm. the whole thing.
1: Yeah, I read in more than one re- a recap. Uh, sorry, can you hear this outside my window? I think yeah, uh, t- no, t- I
0: can't hear anything.
1: Okay, all right. Cut this out. Uh, someone taking out the trash. Um, I. Yeah, I had seen him more than one recap, uh uh Chekhov's Jolly Rancher yeah <laughs> And uh we so we definitely knew that was coming back. And yeah, I felt like this was huge payoff. And as much as I bitched and bitched about Ruby Rose, to see that character have a downfall made it all worth it and I'm sorry listeners that you had to listen to me complain about this for so many episodes but it was worth it and I went through all the emotions that I was supposed to go through when they wrote that character and uh great Piper has redeemed herself she is Walter White Inc uh and she she's a badass bitch and I am pumped to see Piper come back next year
0: yeah it's all worthwhile now yep we've given we've given the character a downfall she's not this shining, perfect you know lesbian love goddess that we were led to believe she's a crook because she's in prison, and crooks are in prison and now Piper has gone full godfather, and this is a good look on her,
1: yep, and people should fear her like and I think they might a little bit, you know, and she hasn't been nice, and she's been tough and I I I like it because I think you know we talked about this ad nauseum last time, but people expect Piper to be an empathetic hero, and she's not, and she's not going to be, and I really like that.
0: Yeah, she's prison has turned her into an ice cold bitch, and this is fantastic. It's especially fantastic in contrast with someone like Black Cindy, who started out as kind of a jerk and is now kind of seeing the light and becoming a better person in prison. Mm -hmm. I think the two of these stories next to each other are very, very interesting to contrast.
1: That's true.
0: So, yay, Stella is not going to be on the show anymore. Yep. And Piper got smacked down a little bit and has turned into the godfather of the prison. So the great thing about this is that Piper is such a crook now that... All we have to do to keep her on the show for as long as possible is just have somebody find out about one of these things she's done and get another year tacked onto her sentence.
1: Yeah, she'll we and I think we used to worry about that, that we were like, oh well Piper uh Piper Chapman's only supposed to be in prison for eighteen months. Like what's gonna happen? And we were like, Oh well the show could go on without her nah. She'll be there forever. <laughs> no worries on that.
0: Yeah, if she didn't I am under the impression that she sort of got some extra time tacked onto her sentence after the whole Kubra thing. I agree. So she's probably got a little more time than she originally had, but if not, she was at, she's past the halfway point at this point, True. because we know it's been at least nine months,
1: right? Yep, I, I think that's our understanding. They didn't have as many time markers in this final episode, but Daya had the baby, so we're, yeah, yeah, we're probably at
0: ten months. Yeah, that is how we know that it's been at least nine months because Daya had the baby. Yep. Um, So we got a little bit of Healy closure. Um, The red Healy ship has sunk.
1: Yeah, I kind of, uh, like, I, I, this was weird, Uh, not my favorite storyline throughout the year, but... um, I kind of liked how it ended, that it was uh, whatever uh, Red said, like, our ships passed too late in the night. I thought that was really beautiful.
0: (laughs) It was a little cheesy.
1: (laughs) I liked it. And uh, basically saying, like, yeah, no, this isn't going to happen.
0: Well, and I think that's good, because I couldn't take another prison romance.
1: No, no, too much.
0: Yeah, it didn't work out so great for Bennett and Daya. Definitely didn't work out great for Donuts in Pennsitucky, whatever that was. Nope. And I don't wanna I don't want the show to pretend that it is possible for a prison employee and an inmate to have an equal relationship that's got any potential to be a partnership. Which I felt like they might have been hinting at.
1: Right. And I honestly think that Red is too high status and too powerful of a character to have that situation where she is kind of inherently being victimized makes sense and
0: uh i think she knows that too right
1: right yeah if that makes sense yeah like red is so badass and awesome and she's in charge and she has way more power in that prison than healy does but as soon as she would have entered into a relationship with healy she becomes yeah you know She's the one being taken advantage of, yeah. and that's She gives up deal. some status,
0: and yes. Red never gives up status. Yes. Yeah. So I guess I'm, I'm kind of sad they went there in the first place, but I'm happy it's over now.
1: Yeah, another thing that I hated when it was happening, but as a complete story, I like it.
0: Yep. And another complete story... Pensatucky is out of the van. Thank God.
1: Yep, but we're saying that one up for a sequel, unfortunately,
0: uh, with Little Maritza. I don't think we're going to see that at all. I, I think I hope not. I think we're pretty much, um, they just kind of hinted that, oh, here we go again. It was almost a little too sitcom when you're talking about a guy that rapes people. Right. But I don't think we're going to have the exact same thing play itself out again. I think... That's going to be a non-starter. But I'm happy to see that Boozatucky is still in full force. I love the conversations they have with each other. And I hope we see more of that friendship in the next season.
1: Me too. I think uh, Pennzatucky emerged as the fan favorite this season. Uh, Taryn Manning was amazing. Um, They would be idiots to not give her, and especially in her relationship with Boo great storylines next year
0: uh so toast norma toast norma uh yeah this
1: i guess that went a little off the rails yeah i think it it, this was like in itself in the storyline was like a funny little thing like i feel like it could have been in an earlier episode and i i don't know was the point of this at the end for us to just learn that leanne isn't a nice person
0: I think, I think it's more complicated than that. I think okay. it's just... Leanne has not comported herself well with regard to the, you know, improvised, norma-based theological system. Right. And I think it's brought out a side of her that she's tried hard to repress. And getting excommunicated again, you kind of saw echoes of the last time she got excommunicated. Right.
1: And I have to imagine that being excommunicated is an emotional process that I know very little about. So, uh, I think that, yeah, so for Leanne's storyline, yeah, so I guess this is kind of a little bit why she is the way she is?
0: I think so, yeah. and I think it's her being the way she is coming out to play again. Yep. Yeah. And I think, I think the Norma religion is kind of, I think it is come and gone. I think Norma is going to be back to you know, the the silent Bob of the kitchen Mm -hmm. again next season. She and red kind of patch things up. They look like they're at a good place. And I think she's going to be content not to be the Messiah anymore.
1: Yeah. Do you think that the lake was a normal miracle?
0: I, I could go that way. I could certainly believe it, but I think that the religion that's founded around Norma, I don't think they're going to even, this miracle is not enough to keep them together.
1: Right. Yeah. I think that, uh, it's funny how you see all these miracles when your uh prison staff is totally incompetent. So, yeah, it's
0: uh, is that a coincidence? I don't know.
1: We don't know. We don't know. Do you think it was a little it, it was definitely exposition, but also somewhat unbelievable when I think it was Watson's just like you can't escape, there's a lake there. And
0: like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay, sure, yeah, no, no. There's a perfect stretch of pristine beach right in front of the prison.
1: Right, and, like, the fact that it's like, oh, all the fences have been taken down, but, yeah, don't don't sweat it. No one's going to
0: escape, <laughs> like... You no, know, it's a bunch of ladies in a prison. Nobody's going to try to drown each other. <laughs> right,
1: yeah, and uh, I definitely, you know, totally... Uh, great coincidence, no problem with the fact that all the CEOs happened to, uh, be busy at that moment, but, um...
0: It was almost like they constructed it, to get everybody, like, give everybody a swimming afternoon, so that we can move in and put all the beds up.
1: Right, yeah, and, yeah, they couldn't have planned it better.
0: That's true. Uh, my, my whole favorite, my favorite thing about the entire thing, I think you know what I'm gonna say here. Luce check. check
1: Yep, me too.
0: I, I immediately found a gif of that and I saved it because I know I'm gonna need it. <laughs> it
1: Fre- was perfect.
0: It was perfect. He's great and uh I'm glad I'm so glad he's back. Yeah, I, I hope he sticks around for a long time even though I know he's sitting on that big pile of heroin money. Yep,
1: yeah. Hey, you can, you gotta work. You gotta have something to do.
0: Yep. So uh-huh. I guess the last place we gotta go here, um, Morello, also a little bit too convenient a resolution, I feel, but it was nice to see her finally get the wedding that she's dreaming of.
1: Yeah, and it was nice to get a reference to Polly D. Wow 2010.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was so perfect coming out of his mouth. Yeah,
1: it was great. Um, no secret that Morello is my favorite character on the show, and uh, it felt, I just, I LOL'd when her vows are all foreigner lyrics, and that comes back in a big way at the end of the episode. And, uh yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm I happy for these two crazy kids.
0: Yeah, it seems like they're giving each other something that they both need. Right. He seems like her, her perfect mirror. Like, they
1: seem like they were truly meant to be. And I'm a fan.
0: I'm a fan as well. Um, I don't know... I don't know, I don't quite understand the impulse to, you know, start a relationship with someone in prison. Nope, me neither, but
1: I'm glad they did. But
0: <laughs> it works It works well for Vinny. I I don't know what possessed him to write to her, but I'm so glad he did, because they are happy together. And it also gave us a great moment with Belle. And yep. Belle, Belle is swiftly approaching my favorite character. Mm,
1: she's such a romantic.
0: She is. She and O'Neal are my OTP.
1: Yes, they're so good. I think, yeah, you're right, that, like, at the end of this season, and this was honestly necessary from a storytelling point of view, like, Daya had to have the baby. Like, and so she, her thing is not her thing anymore. And Morello fell in love, so now her thing of wanting to fall in love is not her thing. And either this opens doors for new characters, or, which I think is where we're heading, or it forces them to come up with, you know, a second dimension for characters that we already have. And I think both of those are good things.
0: As long as they're handled correctly, because you could see it being very quickly like a scrappy-do scenario. Like, look at this new person (laughs) who's like the star of everything. And, oh, you know, Ruby Rose Part 2 is not something we need. True, true. And we also don't need, you know this character that we already kind of sort of know, did you know that this person is also like, you know, a stamp collector out in the real world. (laughs) And we get this flashback of them, like, you know, stealing the stamp with the upside down airplane or some shit like that. We don't need that. We need, we need story. We need character development and stories that make sense for the characters we already have. And I know that's more challenging and I know it's harder to do well, but I have faith that the show could do it.
1: I agree. I think, and uh, like I said earlier, that I think the show was suffering from too many characters, too many cooks, and too many talented cooks, and they had to sideline some people. And yeah. uh hopefully they, I, I just hope that was conscious, and I can't imagine that it wasn't, you know, like, but I hope the goal was like, all right, like, let's let's make, you know, let's make Puse second tier so we can bring her back strong in season four rather than let's phase out Puse, And Puse is one of, you know, a half dozen examples in this category.
0: Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Let's bring these people back in and find something that's not just like throwing trivia at the wall until we see what sticks. Right.
1: And uh I think... Caputo this season was a joy to watch. We got another Caputo fig sex scene, which everyone, which nobody needed. Uh, And yeah, we got so much Caputo and I truly enjoyed it because I really like Nick Sandow as an actor. I really thought they did a good job developing him and his motivations, but you know, this isn't his show. It's not his story. Like, let's get back. Let's get back to what we're here to see.
0: Yeah. It's like, it's like having a show set in a high school and having it be all about the teachers, right? Well, let's let's look ahead to season four. Yeah, um, I got a few questions for you Ooh. regarding season four. We're going to talk about um, which character have we not seen a flashback from, or that we have not seen a flashback from recently that we're going to see a flashback from in season four.
1: Hmm. <laughs> uh, I mean, I would like Suzanne. Yeah, I I am honestly not confident that it's gonna happen. I can probably, if you want me to place bets, I would say we'll see a piper. Mm-hmm. Um, I would think we maybe we'll see a tasty, and uh, I would guess that we will see a, another red. Um, but I think I I don't know. Uh, so many characters were wrapped up. Uh, like, I don't, like, I don't think we'll see another Pennsylvania, I don't think we'll see a Boo. I think we will see, uh, definitely some more, you know, this season, probably about half the flashbacks were side characters, Leanne and Chang, and I guess, uh, Flocka and Boo, Norma. Um oh, uh, who's your favorite? That, uh, uh, Frida. Frida?
0: Yeah, Frida.
1: That's, uh, I. I'll put money down on Frida.
0: Okay, I, I would love to see a Frida flashback. Um, of course, I've been on record as saying that. I think we might get a Lolly flashback next season.
1: That would be interesting.
0: Depending on how much Lori Petty they can get next season. Mm-hmm. But I would guess we're gearing up for that. Um, so what new character have we met this season who is going to emerge as a main character in the next season sort of the same way that, like, Flacca did this year?
1: Hmm, maybe Angie? I think she did have her storyline, but they she didn't get a ton of actual character development. Oh, maybe uh, Ginsburg. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like we did a lot of talking about Ginsburg and really didn't learn anything about her. So
0: no, we be- just learned that she's Jewish and she went to Penn.
1: Yeah, and that that's interesting. So sure, yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, bring me Ginsburg and uh, probably Maureen. I don't think they can. I think we need. I don't know if we need a flashback or a whole episode around her, but. Yeah, we need to see more Maureen
0: for sure. I don't know if we need one, but I would be willing to bet we're getting one.
1: Yeah, they have to do something. Like, they can't build this whole thing up and then give her no
0: motivation, so. Right.
1: Yeah, is Maureen the Mary Sue of season four?
0: I I hope not. I hope they do a little bit better with her. I think we've hinted at some really interesting things about her. Agreed. So I think we could go somewhere interesting with her. I mean, she seems like such an innocent. Right. I don't know how she got into prison in the first place, and I would be willing to bet there's a good story there.
1: That would be interesting to figure out.
0: And finally. Yes. The the Boozatucky Memorial Award for what unlikely friendship is going to be a pivotal point in Season 4?
1: Ooh, okay. I'm going to just pick the most random one ever, and then if I'm right uh, tweet me in a year and tell me. Um, I'm going to say Black Cindy and Yoga Jones.
0: Ooh. That's like, you're playing the long odds. Yeah.
1: I'm saying, if that, yeah, if I'm right, then I'm a genius. (laughs) Yeah.
0: All right. What's yours? Um, mine, I'm going to say, I'm going to say we're going to see... We're going to see Flocka reach out and make some new friends. And I think we're going to see her perhaps coming up with a new mother figure. I would, I would be interested to see a Flocka-Red f- friendship maybe happening. Ooh. Ooh. We need something new for Flocka to do. And I could see her kind of, she's caught up in this criminal system right now. And who better to give her advice on how to, how to keep Pace as a pawn in organized crime than Red? That's smart. That's a good one. I could see that. Maybe I'm writing fan fiction here, but that could be a lot of fun. And I think Luchek needs a new sidekick. True. So I want someone to get a new job in the electrical shop. Like, maybe we can give that job to Maureen. Like, give her a gig in the electrical shop and have her, like, trade weird stories with Lucek. That would be
1: really nice. Yeah, I mean, the fan fiction that I'll have to come up with to get the Yoga Jones and Black Cindy together... <laughs> we'll, I'll work on that
0: uh, and catch up on it next June. Alright, I expect you to come in next June with a lot of really good ideas. No problem. Can we get Birdie back next year? Oh, I would love to get Birdie back. Yeah, even if, it's just, even if it's just for one episode, like have her run into Healy in the donut shop and throw some epic shade at him. Yeah, yeah, what
1: a bummer. What a great character that, uh, uh gone too soon, Birdie. She's a
0: little too good for this show. Yeah.
1: Birdie will get the Trisha Miller Memorial Award of Gone Too Soon. Yeah.
0: All right. Excellent. You know, we're, we're coming up with our own throners here. Yeah. Better watch out, Josh Wiggler. I'm going to start recording my own One Direction song parodies. <laughs> All right, Taylor. So this has been so very much fun.
1: Yes, very much. I, Thank you for a lovely summer.
0: I'm so glad that we took this journey together. Me too. And, and, Anybody out there, if you want to engage us now that you know that the whole season has come to a close and you want to engage us on anything relating to Orange is the New Black, you want to defend your love bunny, Ruby Rose, and tell us how we're so wrong about how awesome she is, feel free to do that. We're on Twitter. Taylor is Taylor Cotter, and I am Haymaker Hattie, and we love to chat with you guys. We also love comments on every episode of our podcast. You can go to postshowrecaps.com, leave those comments there. We also have an iTunes feed that loves to get reviews and ratings on it. That helps us out a great deal and gets us all geared up for next year. What am I leaving out, Taylor? Um,
1: those are the main ones. That's probably the best way. Um, so we've talked a little bit about doing a feedback show. This has been tough. We know that some of you guys haven't wanted to tweet at us because of spoilers, Um. Oh, floodgates are open. Tweet at us if we're getting a lot of good feedback and having a lot of good conversations. We're happy to do another episode and uh, talk to you guys about your questions about the show.
0: Yeah, we will happily re- reconvene to talk about this if we've got like a whole busload of people coming in to the tune of foreigner with all kinds of questions. Mm-hmm. We're all over it. Yeah. We're all about that
1: for sure.
0: So if you've gotten this far, I think you got to tweet at us with either the hashtag turtlefetch. Or Too Many Cons. And we would love to see that you guys have gotten all the way to all 13 episodes of this fantastic podcast.
1: Yeah. Uh, If we don't see you guys on Twitter, uh, see you next year, and we'll talk Season 4.
0: Until next summer, guys. All
1: right.
0: Bye. Bye. It takes a lot to make a stew. A pinch of salt and laughter, too scoop of kids to add the spice, a dash of love to make it nice, and you've got too many cooks, too many cooks, too many cooks.